Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm really well. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I know that um, you had your most recent child, Charles, a little more than a year ago now, and you have been very close to this topic that we're about to talk about today, and I am much further away from it. But unfortunately, it looks like um, this topic has not evolved that much. And so hopefully we can, um, with the work that we do, evolve it a little bit more. So we're going to be talking about bringing home a newborn from the hospital. So uh, Megan, why don't you tell us about the experience with Charles? Because I know you had a really interesting uh, experience that you hadn't had before at the hospital. Sure. So Charles is my fifth child um, and the third child that I delivered at the hospital, the University of Pennsylvania took such great care of us. We were loved our experience there, but we were surprised that he arrived five weeks early. Um, And so his early arrival necessitated a pit stop in the NICU. So we were in the NICU for about two weeks um, while his lungs matured a little bit and we got more comfortable with feeding. And while we were there, I was by his bedside for 18 hours every day. And so I was a captive audience for the nurses and doctors. And while I was there, they had me really learn a ton about infant safety. Um, so I took three different courses while I was there. Um, the first of which was an infant CPR course. So I became certified in infant CPR, which was such an interesting experience and so terrifying. And I'm so grateful that I did not have, have not yet had to learn or use what I learned during that course. Um, And the second two topics that I learned a lot about were SIDS and shaken baby syndrome. So the nurses at the hospital of the University of Pennsylvania asked me if I would learn more about SIDS and and shaken baby syndrome. So how could I say no to learning more about child safety? So they wheeled in a monitor over to Charles' bedside and um, I watched a video about safe sleep, about SIDS and about the rate at which SIDS occurs in the United States. And, you know, because Charles was was my fifth child, I really didn't learn a lot new in that course. But what it was, was a really good reminder about not falling asleep while nursing Charles, not allowing, you know, my husband to fall asleep while holding him on the couch, you know, not while snuggling with him in bed, not allowing myself to fall asleep before putting him back in that crib. It was such a good reminder and reinforcing those safety skills. Um, So once I finished watching that video, I signed a form and dated it and then the nurse co-signed it. Um, So it was a really interesting approach to making sure that parents learned about safe sleep before leaving the hospital. Yeah, it's great that they really hold you accountable and so, uh, and then you had a really funny story with Larry too, right? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we were, as I said, spending hours um, in the NICU by the bedside and, you know, everyone needs a break. So I said, I will handle watching these videos. You go and get us lunch and get some fresh air. And he was so the look of relief and gratitude on his face. I won't forget it. He was um, never happier to go get lunch. Yeah, so <laughs> not have to watch <laughs> about, you know, really difficult subjects. Right. Yeah. Um, so then the next video came on and it was a video about shaken baby syndrome. And, uh, the video was filled mostly with testimonials of parents and caregivers and even grandparents who had, um, tragically lost children and grandchildren to shaken baby syndrome. And what I learned is that it most often occurs when it's a, um, a father caring for their infant child and they can't figure out how to soothe that child or a caregiver. Um, and so it was a really tragic video and it talked about really practical tips, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed, put the baby in a safe place and give yourself a break, call a friend for help, you know, really just those things that when you're in the heat of parenting and you've got a baby, that's incredibly fussy, it can be so overwhelming. Um, the video was so sad to watch, you know, again, some really great practical safety tips. I watched the video the whole time thinking, wow, we really should be doing this for water safety and drowning prevention. Um, the nurse came over with the form. I signed it. She co-signed it. And I thought my day was over. Um, my husband came back with lunch and the nurse turned to him and said, okay, now it's your turn. And my husband said, no, no, my wife watched the videos. I don't need to do it. And she said, okay, so then you can sign this form here saying that you're declining the safety training for your child. And Larry's face fell about 10 feet and he was like, oh, okay, I, uh, I'll watch it. And so he sat there and watched the videos and I'm sure he learned a lot through watching those videos because as I said, Charles was our fifth child and it was the first time I had been given the opportunity to watch either of those videos. You know, we'd always been handed pamphlets before leaving the hospital about safety on different topics, never about water safety, but certainly about car seat safety and, and SIDS and safe sleep. Um, and so it's really, you know, interesting to me that this was our first chance to watch these videos and it was, it made an impact. Um, and, you know, hopefully one day we can do these types of videos on water safety and drowning prevention. Yeah, because it, one of the things that we talked about is that, you know, you, you have to go home and you have to bathe your child as soon as you get home. And people don't even understand the risk around that, that if you leave your child unsupervised, even for a second, your child can drown in, you know, less than two inches of water. It's true. You know, you well know that drowning is the leading cause of unintentional death for kids ages one to four. And so when you think about that really staggering statistic um, and that we have these great educators as nurses and doctors that can be sharing this information with parents and caregivers, um, you know, I didn't know that drowning was the leading cause of death for kids ages one to four until I met you. And so it's my hope that through this podcast, we can really educate parents and caregivers and give them some practical safety tips. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have also heard some really scary stories about 
leaving young children, even under the age of one, or more importantly, under the age of one in bathtubs because their motor skills are not developed. Babies can't even lift their heads. And so if their face ends up in the water, they can't lift their heads out. And people don't realize that. And then we've also had We've heard some scary stories about just moms or, you know, caregivers being exhausted and losing sight, you know, falling asleep while their children are in the bath. Yes, there have been some really tragic stories about about parents and caregivers, you know, either being distracted while their kids are in the bathtub or tragically falling asleep while bathing their children. And and some of those children have drowned um, or lived with life-altering medical conditions. So, you know, when we think about what bath safety means, I mean, from a practical perspective, and this sounds so silly, but like making sure that you have a washcloth, a towel and soap organized and ready to go before that baby gets in the bathtub. And I say that that's silly. I've been in that same position, right? I, I have, I've had, you know, five kids and I'm still having to remind myself because because I have so many kids at home and someone's asking me for help with homework or what can, can I play outside? And so really trying to be laser focused on the safety element before you put your child in the tub. And another thing that I think is important and it seems so silly, but leave your phone outside of the bathroom. Do not get distracted by phone calls and text messages or social media apps that you may want to just check quickly or, you know, it, it can be so fun to take a picture of your child while they're in the bathtub. But even that moment of turning to pick up your phone, your hands and your eyes are off of your baby. And as you said, their motor skills are so undeveloped and it can be so easy, you know, for something to go awry. So really just focusing on a bonding moment with your child and enjoying that experience of bathing them and, um, really just staying as focused as you can be and ignoring distractions like the doorbell ringing or a phone ringing in another room. Uh, As long as everyone is safe, that's obviously the priority. Yeah. The other thing you talked about was just like making sure you have everything with you. And then, you know, if you realize that you did forget something, you have to pick up that child and just, even if they're wet, wrap them up in the towel, take them with you to get whatever it is you've forgotten. And so that, Those are things, you know, it's, you don't think about, or you think that you've had everything and you really don't. And it happens, right? There have been times where I haven't had a towel and I'm just holding a wet, screaming (laughs) my t-shirt, but you know, fortunately I have the education to know that, that the risk is too great to take, take that risk. Um, So, you know, it's, it is actually one of my favorite activities with Charles because it's so much fun to see, you know, it's a new sensory activity for him. He's kicking his feet, the water is splashing and he's enjoying it so much that I feel really grateful to have that one-on-one time with him uh, just to sing songs and, and play little games with him while he's in the bathtub. So it, you know, is such a fun thing to do and, and being focused on that bonding experience is really important. Yeah. And one of the things that also is really overwhelming is just all the things that you do have to think about before you bring a child home. And, you know, you mentioned some of those things that you have been, that you've talked about with SIDS and sleep safety. And on top of that, there's also crib safety and changing table safety and um, 
blind cord safety. So all of those things parents have to be thinking about. And now we have to add another, you know, what's near and dear to our hearts is adding that water safety piece to it also. But I think the way that they showed you the video for shaken baby syndrome and for SIDS is such an effective way of getting that message across to parents, because I don't think that's something that you and Larry are going to forget soon. No, definitely not. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that drowning is the leading cause of unintentional death for kids ages one to four. Well, I just had Charles 12 month checkup his one year well visit. And, um, we have a new pediatrician for Charles. So this gentleman whom I love does not know what I do for a living. Um, and during my one year well visit with him, we didn't talk at all about water safety or drowning prevention. And so you just stop and think about that for a moment. Drowning is the leading cause of unintentional death for kids ages one to four. And at Charles one year well visit, we did not discuss water safety or drowning prevention. And honestly, I didn't even realize it until I was sitting here with you today, Karen. It didn't even click with me. <laughs> right, right. And you're living and breathing it. Wow, I know. And over the years, you know, we have talked about educating pediatricians and definitely there are more and more ped- pediatricians that do talk about it in their well visits. Mine certainly does. Um, And mine does, though, because of what happened to Zachary. And I think that as we, you know, work, as we do our work and as we do something like this podcast, we, you know, we have more parents who are hearing this and hopefully they can either share the message with their pediatrician or it's a pediatrician who's also a parent who hears this and realizes how important it is to protect the kid, to protect young children around water. And it, and you know, it is no easy feat to have a one year well visit with a parent. Um, you know, I walked into Charles one year well visit with a laundry list of things to discuss, like his developmental milestones, how, and when should I be weaning, weaning a preterm baby from breastfeeding? You know, the list goes on and on. And so I, you know, I don't fault pediatricians, right. For not, adding this to their list, but it's really about raising it to the level of importance so that it, it it just gets higher on that priority list. And so, you know, I think that as parents, we need to be aware of these safety tips and hopefully as pediatricians and nurses, you know, through our conversations with parents, raising the importance of water safety and drowning prevention and where you can get resources because through conversations with pediatricians, we have heard feedback from them that it's hard for them to talk to parents about water safety when it's not easy to find free or low cost swimming lessons or, uh, you know, controversy over infant swimming resource. And how do we get into that discussion over whether or not that's an appropriate method to teach kids about how to swim? Um, And so I think there's a lot of work to be done in this space. And But I do think simply having the conversation about water safety at as early of an age as possible, hopefully before they leave the hospital, but certainly by that one year well visit. Yeah. And I think that parents need to hear it before they leave the hospital. I think they need to hear it again when they go on every single one of their well visits. It's just something that needs to be talked about all the time so that they're reminded and then they won't forget about it. 
Um, I do agree with you. I think that it's difficult for pediatricians because they only have so much time with their patients and their patients do have a lot of, uh, they, the patients do have, um, a lot of questions around for their doctors that they need to have. And if there's, you know, a pressing health issue that could take up more of the time, but even if we could, um, encourage them to have some posters in their offices or put our book in their waiting room so that the kids can uh, read the book and, and learn about Zeke the polar bear while they're sitting in the waiting room. Absolutely. And you know, your point about pediatricians talking about water safety at each well visit is well taken because we know that where children drown changes as they age. Right. So kids one to four are most likely to drown in their backyard swimming pool. But as children age, when they hit the teenage years, they're more likely to drown in open water. So really talking about life jacket safety as they age, talking about, you know, safe swimming habits, never swimming alone for for kids and for teens and tweens. And really just thinking about water safety um, as part of your everyday life. Absolutely. You know, I have four kids at home that I have to bathe every day. And it is a Herculean effort to get everyone cleaned each night after dinner. And, you I know, I those days. <laughs> so I take girls upstairs, I give him his bath and it's such a nice, calm, lovely experience. And then, you know, I am still able to bathe Millie and Teddy at the same time. And so Teddy hates, loathes being bathed doesn't like water being poured over his head. It's just a fight every night. So I purchased this big box of bath bombs and every night he gets to pick a different bath bomb that he puts in. It changes the color of the water. It makes it smell really good. It fizzes. And sometimes there are little toys inside. So that has been my mom hack of 2021 in bathing Teddy is these little bath bombs that smell amazing, that fizz, and that sometimes have a toy inside. Bath bombs are really cool. They are. And they are such a fun thing for the kids to do. They get to pick something out and make it their own. And it does make it slightly more palatable. So would he not get in the tub otherwise? He would get in, but it would be five minutes of him crying and yelling. And he's the most laid back, easygoing kid, except in the bathtub. So by the time I finish bathing him, I'm in a full sweat and covered in water from all of the water being splashed out of the tub. (laughs) Well, now you're just covered with bath bomb, whatever color it is. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, it's a motivator, right? If you behave in the bathtub tonight, then, you know, you get to pick, you get to be the one that picks the bath bomb tomorrow night. Otherwise Millie will get to be the one to pick or, you know, what trying to really motivate him to enjoy the bath and to make it a relaxing experience for everyone. Right. Fun for both of them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so for Charles, we have one of those massive infant tubs that we put into the regular bathtub and it has a side, two different sides, one side that you can lay him down in. And then the other side of the tub, he can sit up in it. 
Um, and so he loves being able to play with his little toy boats. And actually, Connie Harvey from the American Red Cross sent a really nice gift to him when he was born with three little boats and a scuba diver that can kind of moves through the water on his own. And it is his absolute favorite thing to play with. Oh, that's so cute. Nice. And see, he's already got the, he's already got the American Red Cross in his bathtub with him. (laughs) Yeah. You know, before we go to bed, we read the polar bear who couldn't, wouldn't swim so that the kids can learn all about Zeke and his adventures with his friends in the zoo. Oh yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. I mentioned that before, but we should tell our listeners about that book. Absolutely. So Karen, you and your husband wrote this amazing book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So it's the, it's called, as you said, the polar bear who couldn't, wouldn't swim. And it is about a polar bear who is afraid to get in the water. And so it basically just talks about his journey of going through the zoo and trying to find um, an animal that doesn't like the water or or won't get in the water. And it turns out everyone likes to swim and they help him to overcome his fear of safety, learning of, sorry, his fear of swimming, learning some safety lessons along the way. So it's really cute. So if our listeners want to find that book, where could they get it? So the zachfoundation.org, amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and am I forgetting one? I think that's it. It makes such a great gift, actually. I went to, <laughs> as is the case in 2021, I went to a drive-by baby shower, right? Um, because the mom is obviously being so careful during this pandemic. Um, and can't risk getting COVID. So um, in addition to the gift that I had purchased for her, I also gave her a copy of the polar bear who couldn't, wouldn't swim because what better way to teach a new mom and dad about safety than through this really sweet book that they'll be able to read with their new baby over the years. So that's great. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We would love it if you would rate us, share our podcast with a friend and provide a review. Thanks so much. That is Megan Ferraro, the executive director, and I'm Karen Cohn, co-founder. And we look forward to speaking with you again about safe children's safety soon. 